So, hi, my name is Graham, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'll start with what it was like, and then how I became abstinent, and how I'm working the program now. Get your questions ready, because I'm not sure I'll go the full time. I might, but just just fair warning. I'm glad to be asked here. It's a famous, famous old meeting. My sponsor thinks that this meeting is the real. He really thinks a lot, very highly of it. And he just couldn't make it because he, uh, whatever, he was unable to attend. But um, so thank you. Okay. so what it was like, I wasn't. Super huge. I'm not a hundred pounder. And my sponsor, that's why I picked him as my sponsor about seven or eight months ago, because he said virtually the same thing at, a, at, a, at um, Serenity Sunday. He said, I wasn't really big, but I had a problem with food. And when I was younger, I had a lot of problems with food, overeating till I threw up and all this stuff. And uh, didn't do that a lot, but probably more than most, most men I've met. And, um, and I remember my father saying to me when I was about 15, saying, you're going to have a problem with food. You're going to... And I know in program it's kind of big to like lay a lot of stuff on your parents, but I actually don't, don't, don't disagree with him. He was a nice man. He loves me, and, and he called it. And um, so... But, and I've shared about this before, and I don't want to go into outside issues too much, but it's part of, it's part of my recovery. I think food... Um, it can anesthetize. I, I just shared this at another meeting, but so I hope some people don't mind hearing it again. But for me, the food addiction, unlike some other addictions, which I will not go into, it's not what we're here for. But just to draw a comparison, there are other addictions that maybe I liked looking forward to it. Maybe I liked doing it. And maybe I liked the after effect, whether it was two hours or two days. Food is the only, is, is the only addiction I know of, and I've heard other people share this. I'm not the only one. Where I didn't want to do it before. I hated doing it when I did it, and I was upset with myself and shamed after I did it. You know, it's, you know, so I'm like, why? And I think, I think that's addiction. I think that, um, I think somewhere in some dictionary or something, in, you know, Merriam-Webster or Oxford or whatever, that is addiction is, to paraphrase, doing something that you just don't want to do. You know, if you want to do something and you do it, that's one thing. But addiction, I think, is when you, you don't want to or I don't want to. So, um, so that's kind of what sums it up for me. And um, I have a, a lot of insecure, how I think this addiction really came to fruition for me is as I got older, yes, I was getting bigger. I'll just admit it. I was dissatisfied with my size. Again, I mean, I wasn't super huge, but I didn't fit into clothing that I loved. But I also had a problem with sugar. And sugar, you know, they say like, a lot of writers, you know, especially like up through the 50s, used to drink, and I used to write a lot. I've had some commercial success with it. Um, not a lot, but some. More than a lot of people, but nothing crazy. But sugar, I used to supercharge my creativity with sugar. And I believe there are studies that say glucose does kind of turbo your, your brain a little. So instead of like being, being, being a writer with booze or a musician with other drugs, I was supercharging my creativity with sugar and other bottom line behaviors that, um, you know, were inappropriate. But um, and that was very much how I could get myself to be creative. So when I came into this program about five or six years ago, that was my concern. My concern was, was that I was I was unpleased with my size, but it was also that uh, I wanted to get 
get out from under sugar because I knew that going and eating all this ice cream and candy bars it just wasn't it just wasn't right and I was out of touch with something and I dealt with some other addictions so I kind of felt like they were cascading into this and it was getting really bad it wasn't until after I got into this program actually for a while after I got into this program that I realized I had sort of I wouldn't say body, body dysmorphia but I definitely had self-image problems and I think there are people like that. I've actually had people come up to me after meetings and say, yes, you hit it on the head. I think there are people in this program, they're almost like a subgroup of people who don't, didn't, never got super huge, but just like had this, like, I look terrible. And I used to think I looked terrible when I was a boy. And, and I look back at pictures of me now, and I was like, what was my problem? I was thin, and, you know, I had beautiful hair. This isn't the real color anymore. You know, uh, um, I used to be, I was never uh, into my looks, and I was always, you know, didn't feel that I looked manly enough, you know, that I didn't have six-pack abs, and, you know, and all this other stuff which I'll get into. So I learned that self-image was a problem, but I didn't learn that till more recently. When I first came in, it was really dealing with sugar and creativity and my size, and just how I felt about myself, and I knew I was anesthetizing myself with sugar. <coughs> I got a sponsor fairly quickly. Some of the best step... I don't think he's here tonight, um, here this morning. Um, some of the best step work I've any do- ever done in any program, I did with him. But after we did the third step, he needed to move on. And that's great. That was his truth. Thank you very much. And he moved on. And then, so I kind of kept my abstinence. Oh, and here's the thing. My abstinence could be longer than the date I've given because actually when I was working with him it was just refined sugar like recreational sugar you see at the supermarket checkout stand right don't want to be triggering but you all get what I mean then as we were doing the steps and me and him were growing apart I added things like scones and muffins and stuff like that which wasn't on the original list so when I lost when I ate a scone and felt I lost my abstinence he was still my sponsor at this time barely but he was I called him and he said I will give you a pass on this because you didn't do this with me so technically I'm not sure you've lost your abstinence I don't think you should have eaten it it was a mistake blah 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 you didn't want to but but I said no I feel like I've broken my abstinence so so that was that me and him parted ways um, good guy just whatever and then, um, so then I kept absent for a while, kept in meetings, and then, um, okay, so that's that. So let me back up a little also what it was like. Um, food to me also, this is going to sound, um, this is one of the things I've never quite heard women share this in a program that's mostly women, but I have heard men kind of tap into this. I don't know if that's verging on an outside issue, but... You know, I have a lot of real insecurities, you know, about my career and, you know, that I'm measuring up to my parents and grandparents and all this stuff. I don't want to name drop. I don't want to, you know, make anybody uncomfortable. But the food for me, I think, was also a, um, this is one of these things that the few people that get it are like, God, you hit this. But most people, I think, are like, what? When I was a boy, food was very associated, uh, not so much with religious ritual. We were pretty, but not, not, not too much. But um, very into going to my grandparents. And when my father came home from work, and he would commute down from Wall Street to Connecticut, where we lived. And we'd go to my grandparents, my father's parents, which was a different world. Uh, my grandparents had staff, um, you know, 
old family silver and portraits of ancestors. I mean, if you, it's like one of these movies you see about the English, but my family are Americans, and there's not many people that were like that. So, um, so I think for me, part of it, the food, the attraction of food, and this is probably still pulling at me, is a little bit that it can kind of comfort me, and I can kind of go to that place in a weird way. Um, other people in this program tend to mention, you know, religious ceremonies kind of in the food, kind of having a correlation. But for me, not so much. It's really more that. And again, that kind of touches on other programs and other issues. But it is my truth. So I, I would share that. And, you know, I just kind of want to get back to that place. And all these places are gone. My grandparents' house has been torn down. It's been redeveloped and all this other stuff. So um, it's, a, it's a time that's gone. But um, my parents do love me, and I don't blame them for, for this. Um, they're not perfect, but I'm not going to go down that road. So, okay, so here I am, old sponsor me of Party Ways. It's been a while. I go to, I'm still going to meetings and still getting abstinent, still seeing abstinent from sugar. My amended abstinence, keeping scones and muffins on, which I still have in cookies. Also, any kind of form food, if it looks like a cookie, a scone, or a muffin, or a donut, it is. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it says sugar-free, because I, I think, and this is, oh, as we know, and for the sake of the podcast, anybody knew, no, knew, OA does not endorse any particular plan of eating. If you want to eat sugar, that's your deal. I know people in this program that eat that stuff. They just control portion size and meal times. So, um, so that's my abstinence and. Um, God, I lost my train of thought. Where was I going? Yes, yeah, sponsors. So I kept, I kept almost adding to my abstinence, but not quite since being the first sponsor part of ways. And, um, but I was still going to meetings, and I was at Serenity Sunday, and this guy got up, and he gave a speech. And Serenity Sunday is sort of like this, and that the leader's speech is, is kind of longer than normal. And he, as I said earlier, mentioned that he had a problem with food, and he wished he had known about this when he was younger, and, um, and he just felt the way he was relating to it. And he said, I'm open to sponsees. And so he has been my sponsor ever since. And this was about, what are we in February? This, I think, was over the summer. <coughs> July or August, maybe even before. And um, we started working the steps fairly quickly. He he did something that very disconcerted me is he didn't really make me do one steps one through three again too much because he felt I'd already done them, but he also felt I was another program and I got powerlessness and um, depending on a higher power. So later on, he told me what he would have had me do. So when I have sponsees, I have his way. But he didn't, make, and that was very disconcerting to me. I mean, I was much more would have been much more comfortable even if he just said. Okay, write a paragraph on steps one through three and hand it in to me. Even that would have, but he didn't want to do that. So we went into the fourth step uh, fairly quickly. And um, he, he's a big book sponsor. And he's, pro- he's probably going to be looking to this, listening to this podcast. This might piss him off. But I'm going to say this. He loves the big book and the AA literature. As far as I know, he has no problems with the OA literature. But I've actually quoted him, the OA literature, He's total big book sponsor. So his fourth step is the very old-fashioned, go to whatever that is, page 63, in edition four of the big book, and do those columns. Who it was, you know, whatever that is, you know, Mr. Smith, 
blamed, you know, accused me of padding my expense reports, upset my serenity and career, my role, well, maybe I shouldn't pad my expense report. So, so, he added some corollaries to that where you can say, there's like an A, B, so my role, I shouldn't pad it anymore. B, what I can do to stop padding, you know, get my, get my expenses under control, live within my means so I don't want to dip into the well. And C, am I still in resentment about this? Am I still resenting Mr. Smith for accusing me of padding my expense reports? And the answer can be yes to that. It just, he just wants you to kind of say it, if I'm still in resentment or kind of not. So that's how we're doing the fourth and fifth step. And uh, we're almost done. And I keep adding to them, but we've decided the original ones that I did the first three columns with, when we're done with that, will be technically be done for the purpose of our step work and go on to the sixth and seventh step. So that's how he's sponsoring me with that. Another thing he said to me, very interesting. Um, again, I, don't, I hope he doesn't mind that I say this, but he said that he has a lot of sponsees that are very traditionally religious in the major religions, Judaism, Christianity, uh, Mormonism, which is subgroup, I guess, of Christianity. But you know what I mean. He's, he's got a lot of, he even ha, you know, has a very devout Christian and a sponsee, I think, who wears a yarmulke and all that. So he said, but actually you guys have the most problems with accepting things on faith in the program. And that, to me, was like the universe just kind of like went, you know, and I think it's true. So I'm almost learning faith. I have traditional faith, but um, like he says, just have faith that you can be hungry at 11 a.m. because lunch is going to come at 1. You know, just have faith that you can be hungry at 5 or 6 or in the afternoon or you missed, you know, you didn't get the right lunch or whatever. And just, be, just have faith that dinner will come and it will be fine. And he's kind of extended that into, you know, just, just have faith that, uh, you know, career things and all will work out and other relationships and these kinds of things will work out. Just have faith. Now, we, now I'm going to stop talking about him. So all the things with these programs to me are, this program especially, is when do you have faith and when do you do the work? When do you say, okay, I'm doing food accountability, I'm working the steps. When do you say, okay, it's time for me now to plan what I'm going to eat tomorrow, which I haven't done yet. You know, when is it time to make the next jump? And because this program to me is all about sort of aligning what you want to do with faith or higher power, what's going to happen to the reality. Like, like I said, like if you're doing food accountability, at what point is it time to say, okay, we covered the food accountability. I'm, you know, okay. What time is it for me to say, well, tomorrow, this is what I'm going to eat at breakfast, lunch, dinner, and stuff. And um, so that's what's interesting for me on that. And I don't have an answer for you on that. I think that is kind of the great, you know, journey as we trudge the road of happy destiny. You know, where do we find that you take action? You know, when do you send out, to use another metaphor, when do you send out resumes? And, you know, when is the time to kick back and let them make, you know, let them know they're interested in meeting you? You know what I mean? It's kind of, you know. um, Another thing I'm going to touch on is... um, I've shared about this before, is uh, something I'm dealing with right now. Sponsor doesn't even know about it. Something I'm dealing with right now is I've shared before, and and, and I'm kind of hearing it in a lot of different meetings just in the last few weeks, is people sharing, like, 
I'm eating in front of the TV or the computer watching streaming movies and TV shows and stuff. And like, is that, is that healthy that I've got my food? And I'm, because I always thought, you know, dinner in front of the TV when I was a boy, when we only had 13 channels, well, not even, um, six, you know, that was a big deal to get the little tables and to set it up and, and you know, watch t- And that was like a real privilege to watch, you know, I, can't, I probably can't say on the pet, but you know what I mean. NBC at 8, on a, 8 p.m. on a Friday night. So, <clears throat> with mom and dad and Kojak and all that. So, <laughs> so you know, but, I'm, I, but the thing people are saying now that I'm hearing in meetings, I'm not quoting any one person, so technically it's not crosstalk. It's a very big trend, and I even shared about it before I heard most people, is that that seems to be pulling me out of my body and into the screen, and it's not really me, and my body isn't telling me when I'm full as well, as efficiently as it would as if I was just sitting at a table. Now, it has to be mentioned that although I wouldn't think I'm a lonely guy or any kind of social misfit, I do live alone, so it's kind of nice to eat with the TV. It's good company. I heard that. So how much time is left? Oh. So, um, but that I am working on right now. And I got to tell you, I'm having real problems with that. Somebody yesterday, day before yesterday, what's today, Saturday, Thursday said, do it just for today and don't eat in front of a screen. And I did. But last night I couldn't. I, I mean, I was like, and, and, and again, that's when you know there's sort of an addiction thing. And the rule that, that somebody who has more experience, strength, and hope with me, than me in this said, if you're doing it socially with people, that's okay. Like if you're watching a game or you're at a friend's house watching a movie, that's okay. You can eat in front of the TV. But just when it's like you, like three points on a straight line, you food screen. <laughs> that's something to avoid. And that is something I'm having a real problem with. Um, portions for me are probably still a little big. I will say, um, and I'm getting close to the end of this, so hopefully I've done enough time to satisfy everybody, but plenty of time left for questions. Um, what, it has helped with my self-image. You know, I'm 50. I'm never going to be 35 again, and I'm probably not going to have six-pack abs at this point. <laughs> but at least, and, and, and we're all in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, so self-image can be kind of important depending on your career. And I'm not necessarily saying you have to be an actor or an actress, but just even being in the entertainment business, you know, looks count for something. So I can't do anything about my age, but at least I don't feel self-conscious about my looks. And I'll tell a little anecdote as I get towards the end here. About a year ago, I no, this was less than a year ago, because I was working with my current sponsor. Maybe I've been working with him longer than I realize. I was at the doctor's office, and they weighed me. Got it, five minutes. So I guess I am using all the time. They weighed me, and I did not weigh more than a couple pounds less than the previous time I'd been in there. I was stupefied. If you had told me I weighed 15 pounds less, I would have agreed with you, because my clothes were fitting differently. I felt different. And they were like, no, you're at X. And I'm like, are you, are you joking? The scale must be broken. And the doctor came in and he said, no, I think you're redistributing your weight. You know, he was very clinical about it. So I'm not, like I said, it's not like I'm like hugely small. We've all seen these people that like some guy gets up, some like 30-year-old GQ model, and he talks about how he was 300 pounds in this program. We've all been there. That's, that's not me. Um, but so for, 
So for some reason, I just feel more comfortable with my appearance. And I know we're not supposed to be totally into our appearance. It even says that in the OA 12 and 12, that it's not about appearances. I can't tell you exactly where, but it's very clear about that. And it's not up to us to judge somebody else's appearance. That is super, super clear. I'm pretty sure that's a 12th tradition in that book. But I'm not 100% positive. So um, that's my story as I go through life. Um, I'm pleased with the benefit of the program. I do think it's helping me in ways that are not related to the food. You know, 12 step, all these principles in all, in all our affairs are all uh, elements of our lives. Career, it does seem to be getting better and other things too. But um, I think if, if somebody like me can handle the food, it's a, it's a great blessing. So I think that's it for me now. I think I will. Uh, do I still stand for questions or do I sit? That's it for me. Thank you. This is time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any of us after the meeting. Um, Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself if being recorded. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA post. Excuse me, let me read that again. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Okay, um, now it's time for questions. Siva. Thank you for your share. And can you talk a little about the concept of higher power and how you access that power when you are when you need it? Okay. So that right. Repeat the question. Okay, the question was um, how do I access my concept of a higher power and how do I use that when it's needed as relations to the food in this program. Am I perfect to life? Okay. Um, since you have asked, I'll be specific in this case because it would normally maybe be an outside issue. But since I've been asked specifically, uh, I was brought up Catholic and then I was uh, Presbyterian for a while and went back to Catholicism. So that's my traditional practice. Um, <clears throat> and I've always been pretty religious. Was brought up, I'm trying to be brief, was brought up very religious. And my mother's family, her side, dad's was Protestant. Um, there were tons of priests. I even had an aunt that was a nun. Three great uncles that were priests. How about that? Three great uncles that were priests. That's pretty Catholic. And um, <laughs> so I've always gone to church, and God has always helped me in my life. And, um, but specifically in this program, I pray in the morning when I remember. I pray free form. My, my sponsor now wants me to pray the third step prayer from the big book. But another sponsor in another program got me in the habit of just praying whatever. Incidentally, that sponsor in that program was Jewish, and he loved the prayer of St. Francis. So, um, true. No, true, though. So, in these programs, you know, we're, we, we, we build, but um, we build on each other's faith and experience. So, I would pray, like, dear God, just ha- I'm grateful for my abstinence, or please help me with my abstinence. There's also a sponsor in another program uh, has something called the three-second rule, and I'll try and be brief with this. This is another program, but I've grafted it onto this program. 
In that program, you say, I am this, the nature of my addiction. I'm objectifying this person, and please, higher power, will you help me with this, or will you help her deal with my objectification? So in this program, I'll say, I'm a compulsive overeater. Please, God, help me with the food. I need your help. Um, that's how I do it. And the three-second rule meaning, if you just see something you like real quick, that's okay. But if you're sitting there fiending on it, that's the three, over three seconds, you ha- you're having a problem. Did I answer your question? Okay. Anybody else? Uh, the newcomer in the back. Hi, my name is Ping. Hi, Ping. Um, you mentioned that uh, you were aware of that you In my childhood experience, it would help me with that issue? Yeah, I have a 12-year-old boy who's struggling and is aware at this age. Well, I think that would Okay, the question was uh, that I mentioned having problems with food when I was a boy, and how, I'm paraphrasing, and how would I help uh, about a 12-year-old boy deal with this addiction? I've, okay, so here's my answer. I don't have children. I have two nephews, and they don't have real issues yet. Maybe they will. So I'm probably not the best person to ask. So I really don't know. I know that um, I used to have a, a teacher when I was a little older than this, 16, 17, 18. And he used to say the best thing for any child, any problem at school is a parent's love. And sort of burning down the school, as long as your parents came to talk to him, if you did something um, undisciplinary, he almost would let you off the hook. He said, once parents are involved, that's the love, that's the solve that... that S-A-L-V-E that fixes it Um, me specifically if you were to ask me after the meeting I would give you the number of somebody in this program who's around my age who's been in this program I believe since he was like 10 or 12 and he is the person I was thinking of when I mentioned not to name names or, or display his anonymity that mentioned he does eat anything he wants it's just portions and timing control so maybe I would kind of punt this one a little bit because I wouldn't want to take you down the wrong path. But maybe see me after the meeting, and I'm sure he'd love it if I gave you his number. How about that? Is that working for you? Okay. Uh, gentleman to the left with his hand up. Yes. My is Karen. Okay, the, the question was, how does faith work in my program? Okay, um, I kind of touched on it before. Um, I would say sometimes, God, I'm not really sure because I don't know where to divide program from traditional practice. And I don't, like I say, I don't want to go too down the path with outside issues. Um, You know, all right, I w- again, just answering the question, even though it would normally be an issue. I remember when I was probably the heaviest I ever got in my early 30s or late 20s, the priest, this old, fat Catholic priest, got up and he said, he said, trust in God, and if you want to lose weight, he gave a sermon about losing weight, which is extraordinary in a traditional practice like that. I've never heard that before or since, at least in that one. 
And he said, if you want to lose weight, go out and have a feast. After Mass tonight, go out, have a feast in the name of God and enjoy it in the pleasure of God. And he probably even quoted Old Testament or Torah when he went into the pleasure of God. And then he said, and then that's it. And, and, and that, out, outside of OA, that is the only time I've, I've, I've felt better about my weight was that one time. And I, I think I lost, then I was a younger man and I lost like 15 pounds. But again, that was outside of this program. I don't condone that. Um, but in the program right now, other than what I just said, I guess maybe, I think maybe working the steps helps me access higher power too. I, you hear that. Working the steps, for some reason, just seems to be the key. You know, what's the old saw? We've all heard it a million times. Go to meetings to feel better. Work the steps to get better. How about that? I think I'll leave it at that. Okay, anybody else? I saw this person with the blue ball cap first. That's a really good question. How do I... Could you just rephrase the first part? And not a diet... Yeah, I think I do. And I bet, although you didn't use the term, I bet you're also dealing, you're asking about restricting a little bit? Yes. Okay. So the question was, how do I use the program to, how do I, like, uh, use my faith in program to control my abstinence so it isn't dieting or control? So that's kind of a first and second step question. And I am having problems with getting too into, like, gee, don't I look better now? I am. Like, right now. Maybe not this minute, but um, so what I tell myself, remember how I said there's some guy who looks like a GQ model and he's like a hundred pounder, a guy, a guy, and I keep remembering this and I met him at Serenity Sunday and, and I called him when I first was in the program and I said, I know it's not about a weight, how I look, but you know, I'm just wondering when I'm actually going to lose weight. My pants are going to be, be, be fitting better again and all this stuff. And he goes, it's not up to you. It's up to your higher power. That's it. And again, since I don't have a specific food pr- pr- program other than my abstinence, I don't weigh and measure, and I don't really diet per se. I just try and remember that thing I said about my when my sponsor said some of his sponsees are very traditionally religious, but they have to learn how to have faith. And so sometimes, like I said, like it's 11:30 a.m. and I really want to have lunch soon or a big snack and I don't because I have to have faith so it's another thing I do is um, not during the day when I'm busy but at night when I worry about these things in bed which we all do right my sponsor actually had me memorize the AA 12 steps um, as an extra bonus question not, uh, not direction he said just if you want to get an extra pat on the head Memorize the 12 steps. And I am amazed how many times I'm awake at like 3.34 in the afternoon and I, and I do the 12 steps and, and whisper them aloud. So my, you know, my neighbors don't think I'm going crazy or something. But um, 
you know, so that's it. But I don't really have a handle on what you just asked. I don't have, like, this answer that's going to be super helpful because I'm dealing with that right now. It, that's just a work in progress, so I'm sorry. Okay. Um, gentleman on the left in the black T-shirt. Yeah. Character defects. It, okay, how is OA, aside from food and body image, how has OA helped me the most, especially as pertaining to character defects? Right? That's a paraphrase, but I got it. Okay. Um, with character defects specifically, something I heard in another program, but I'm really hearing in this program, is the grandiosity and big shotism. Like, remember in my share, I spoke about my grandparents' house. I, have a, I used to have a real problem with that. And OA, again, I didn't hear it first in this program. I have to admit that. But I feel like I'm working most on my character defects of big shotism and grandiosity in this program. And a lot of big shotism and grandiosity for me can also be self-deprecating. Like, oh, I'm, I'm a lightweight. I'm a loser because it's really on some other level. You know, the steam is coming out another vent. But it, it just, just, you know, it's just fifth, sixth, seventh step stuff. You know, big shot isn't grandiosity. I know I've got to work on it. Right now I'm just still on my fourth and fifth step, so I'm not there yet. But I know it's helping with that. And I think when, you deal, when I deal with big shot isn't grandiosity, it helps me get serene and just deal with things as they are. Like kind of for today type stuff. You know, the little white book, kind of that kind of stuff. And then, um, <clears throat> although I'm unemployed right now, I, uh, a couple months ago, it did help me with my career, and I'm convinced that just somehow that, you know, how these programs work, you don't even know. Somehow it goes out into the stars and it comes back. Uh, uh, old, kind of an outside issue, but to answer the question, an old uh, director friend of mine, movie director, TV director, who was very successful in the 90s, not famous, but successful, made a lot of money, um, and I worked for him, contacted me out of the blue after like 15 years, said, hey, you want to come produce a movie with me that he was financing because he's wealthy. And I produced a movie that just ended up, I'm still kind of working on it a little bit. So, and it was a feature film, and we were Guild Signatory and all that stuff. So it was the real deal. And so I equate that definitely to OA and my sponsor helping me. And boy, maybe people, I'm not in L.A., don't know what I'm talking about, but in L.A., being around a craft service table and all the food... <laughs> And the sponsor was just like, Graham, you got sent to the front. You know what I mean? You know, he's like, you got, you got sent to the front line on this. He's like, you're doing the best you can. And so that's how OA has helped me. And it, I think it helped me deal with people on that set. Because movie sets, as we know in this town, are total pressure cookers. It's like being in the Marine Corps or something. So anyways, okay, five minutes. Um, the lady there. Um, how, how did you define your bottom Good question. How did I define my bottom in this program? How did the other rooms bring me to the program? Or how did you, if that's how? Yeah. And how did other rooms bring me to the program? And I guess, is there any kind of conflict? Yeah. Any resistance? A little bit of resistance just because sometimes I get busy, but I'm not right now. Uh, um, I was actually in another program, which I really don't want to say specifically, but I was in a sort of more relationship program. And I kind of heard of OA, 
And there was a man in there talking, and he was a gay man. I'm not, but he, and he was talking about what he called dudes and foods. <laughs> and other, other than he was talking about dating men, I was like, oh my God. And he, was, and he was one of these guys who looked like a GQ model, but who had been heavy and came in. I don't think he was a 100-pounder, but I think he had been a big guy, and he came into OA, and he looked great. And he talked about OA and dudes and foods. And if you had just taken out dude and put girl, you know, women, it was... It was um, that was it. And I was like, oh, i got to check out OA. And I, I, I don't remember if I had heard about it some other place. And um, my first OA meeting was a 10 a.m. Santa Monica meeting at the cottage. And that's just a very small welcome. This is welcoming, too, of course. That's just a very intimate, like, aesthetically pleasing place to go, you know, under the trees and stuff. So um, that was it. Did I answer your question? Okay. Thanks. Um, um, Lady with in the, no sorry the lady in the black t-shirt yeah you you talked about food having a relationship with your sense of creativity how did your creative energy change once you put down food how did food affect my creativity that was the question how did my creativity change when I put down the food when I put down the sugar it changed I became less creative for a while and in some ways, I'm not sure I am as creative as I was. I think I could really pound out the pages when I would supercharge my mind on a couple of scoops of, you know, chocolate, chocolate, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I'm not sure I do quite work on that wavelength again. There was a year when I wrote a 50,000-word novel and, like, four screenplays and, like, I, I don't know, I, and, a, like, a pilot. And they, That year, I don't think I sold anything, but... They all want awards and stuff. <laughs> so I am not sure that I've completely mastered it. Since then, I have written a novel and a screenplay, but that novel took me two and a half years, not three months. So I'm not sure they've all been completely reconciled, and I'm not sure they ever will. So I don't have the world's best answer for you that I have not broken that code. So sorry about that, but thank you for the question. Yes, uh, Not that much. How's the relationship with my family changed since I've been in 12 steps? Since I don't have a wife and kids, I have parents and siblings and nephews. Not that much. In my family, I'm one of these people who comes to the rooms and say, you know, yeah, there was issues, but nothing real crazy, you know? I, you know, I didn't need to have a rapprochement with my parents. You know what I mean? Um, I know that when my mother's health was still good, it used to unnerve her greatly that I wouldn't eat dessert. She just couldn't get over that. <laughs> and, but, you know, she gave my sister giving up alcohol probably more grief. Um, I think in subtle ways, but again, I'm not one of these people who, like, didn't talk to their dad for ten years and then got in did ninth step and, you know, reconnected with a parent or something. That's not my story. So I would say very subtly and kind of minimally. Sorry, but that's it. Um, lady with the hat? Yes. Um, what would I say to somebody out there listening in podcast land to somebody who wanted to have a scone?
I've been super lucky and since that point I haven't really had that white knuckle moment so I'm not the best person to ask this question God, we just heard somebody last night at another meeting say that she called her sponsor but if the person doesn't have a sponsor I would say at the end of the day it's about it's about the fellowship and it's about support and love loving yourself and one scone isn't you know it's your abstinence I think you know where I'm going but time's up I got the message so that's it